It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Phil Bliss a business visionary and host of Toronto's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Rima Dugal. Rima is a strategic IT professional and technology entrepreneur with significant experience in the global IT industry, where she helps companies grow revenues and profitability by expansion in their digital business channels. Rima is a seasoned tech leader with a strong blend of revenue generation experience, strategy, marketing, portfolio management, and delivery management experience. As well, she has practice leadership as well as program and project management expertise. She has a solid track record in building and managing IT professional services practices and project delivery teams. She's also the co-founder of Silicon Halton, which started up nine years ago and is where I met Rima. Now, with over 1,500 members, Silicon Halton is a real hub of technology entrepreneurs in Halton, which includes Burlington, Oakville, and Milton, a population base of approximately 1 million plus and a real entrepreneurial hub in the GTA economy. Well, hi, Rima. Great to have you. Thank you. Rima, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, where you're from, give us the details on your current business or businesses, you know, a little bit of a, you know, a five-minute bio. Sure. Thank you very much, Philip. Well, my name is Rima Dougal. I have a couple of different ventures. Uh, one of them is called the Sitaran Group, and the Sitaran Group is based in Oakville, Ontario. We help companies, as you mentioned, build digital business channels. Mostly, I work with manufacturers, distributors, and technology companies, and we really help them sell their products around the world. The second venture is Silicon Halton, as you mentioned, and it's also based here in the Halton region. Uh, we're, as you said, a group of about 1,500 members that um, really help the technology ecosystem thrive. Members learn about technology, they connect with like-minded peers, and they grow their brands and their businesses. So we do a whole bunch of meetups and peer-to-peer groups and events like that to connect people, and we have a thriving online community also. It's been a great source of interesting events and people and a great way to grow our own networks here. And I have a third venture called Configure, and it helps manufacturers and distributors that make custom make-to-order products grow their business by being able to sell online. I was born in India. I grew up in the Maritimes, but I've lived here in Halton region now since 1997, so a long time. That's great. I just want to ask you a few things about your entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. One of the things I'm always interested in, what was your stop moment when you decided to become an entrepreneur? What really kind of said, oh, I got to go off and do it myself kind of thing? Well, for some people, they make that decision. Other people, I think sometimes the decision's partly made for them. So I had been working with for a multinational and it was uh, 2000, late 2000s and I was you know, really right-sized out of a job. And at that point, the decision was, do I go back and work for another technology company? Certainly there were opportunities out there. And if I'd worked hard at it, I'm sure I would have found, you know, an opportunity in another large multinational firm. 
but I think I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur and it was, it was the right time. My kids were younger and it was an opportunity for me to spend more time with them and start to grow my business. I also wanted to work with smaller companies. Having worked for multinationals, it was always giant clients and giant teams. And that was really a lot of fun. It was very interesting and very challenging. But I wanted to go work with smaller companies where I could work with the owner operators and really help them change their business. So I made a very, you know, 360, well, 180 degree turn and said, let's go to these small companies. And as I started doing that, I felt much I think very rewarded. I felt much better about the work I was doing on a day-to-day basis. And from there, it was just a decision to stay down that path. And I don't think there's ever any turning back. Now I'm into it, you know, 10 years. So certainly this is my path. Okay. So the other thing is sort of the think thing. It's a big step to take that jump. How did you consider it? You know, you mean you you grew up, you know, really working in large corporations, certainly working with large corporations. What made you, you know, what were the think steps that took you to where you are today? Because you've refined your expertise quite significantly. Mm -hmm. I think the think steps were, uh, at first, it was trying to, work with small to mid-sized companies with still the knowledge that I had from the multinationals. So I think one of the think steps was the unthinking. You actually have to unlearn a lot of the jargon, a lot of the ways large companies work to be able to work with smaller companies. Sometimes the processes are still the same. I mean, Small companies and big companies, they all market, they all have similar value chains. They market, they sell, they manufacture, they, well, first of all, sorry, they design, they manufacture, then they deliver, they manage their supply chain, they manage their operations. Those things are all the same. And the technology that they need is similar, but at a very different scale. So what I had to stop doing was using big company jargon and stop using the $20 words all the time and start using much simpler language. That was the language of small business. The second thing I think is, at first I was much broader in my you know, offerings and what I could possibly offer. But as time came on, I learned that the more you specialize, and I, my whole focus is on building digital sales channels, the more you focus, the easier it is to find business that it's easier to refer people. If you do everything, it's hard to say, well, go talk to that person. But when you narrow your focus, you become much more of an expert in that area and people come to you for your knowledge and your expertise and your ability to get things done. So I think those are the things that I had to unthink and then narrow my focus very much. Very interesting. I really like that explanation. So I think the hardest thing is, you know, getting the focus, basically. So you you stepped out of one world into another. You started to unlearn things, as you said. Tell us how you you took action, you know, you got things rolling, how you began to focus on building, you know, those ideas into a real business. Well, I mean, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, really, at the beginning, you go after all business. And 
that was the idea. So I did a lot of different things at the beginning. I was helping companies, you know, get get online somehow. There wasn't really a focus specifically on e-commerce at the beginning. And 10 years ago, they still needed a lot of that. But we would walk through that whole value chain that I described a few minutes ago. We would talk about business processes that they had in their in their company, the applications that they needed to be able to deliver on those processes the technology infrastructure. Today's world, everything is cloud, but 10 years ago, it wasn't always cloud-based. The organization that they have inside their company, the kind of people that they had that could do some of these things that would help them sell online. And then the governance around how their processes needed to be done. Because if they were selling on the phone or face-to-face, they just made things up as they went. But when you go online, everything has to be transparent. You have to have built-in processes or built-in governance around all your processes because it has to be put out there for everybody to see in the same way. And so for me, as I started talking to companies about that, what I learned is those that were ready to sell online were more and more my likely target because they just were ready to make money online. If you weren't ready to make money online, it's, it's a slower decision-making process for you. Yeah, maybe you'll upgrade your website or maybe you'll upgrade your presence and do some other things. But when you can start making money online, they started to be more active and more ready to, to go faster. That's how I narrowed my focus. So the, the big thing I think that lots of upcoming entrepreneurs is is financing and you know you start some you want to start something but how do you how do you finance it I'm you know, interested in how you did and also you know along with that how long did it take you to get to where you were making money you know you you, you were profitable kind of thing so. As a services business, you know, there's the cost of entry is very small. Really, if you have a laptop and you can uh, get some software, you're ready to go. So I uh, looked at, first, I never considered financing for myself. I always knew that I was going to bootstrap it. I also knew that if in the first few years I wasn't making money, then I would have to think about what I was going to do. So I was able to start making money within, I'd say, by the second year. I mean, enough that I felt that this was where I was going to to stay. The business has grown over time, but I think the bigger thing is that the opportunity for financing has presented itself more than once, and I haven't to this date felt I've needed it. But that's also because I've stayed relatively small. Uh, There's myself and a host of other people that I tap into within the Silicon Halton community. There's a lot of partnerships there that people work on projects together or we work on clients together. So because of Silicon Halton, I've not needed to bring full-time staff into my business, but have been able to contract out for all the other needs that I have. Now, that being said, there are days now that I start to wonder, um, I've been doing it now for 10 years. If I want to continue to do this, I have to scale so I can take time off and so I can do some other things that I'd like to do. Um, so I think the time might be coming soon. Okay. Well, that's interesting because you know, I was going to say, what does your business model look like? And it sounds like you've got to focus on, on how it looks today and how it might look um, as, you, as you scale it a bit. So you see your company expanding into other areas of Canada or elsewhere. You seem to have very much kind of a Halton region slash Toronto focus. I, I do. And I, I purposely chose that 
up till now, you know, just it, it was easier. It was where I wanted to be and there was business to be had. But that doesn't mean that I can't change that as I go forward. Um, I think another thing that I'd like to consider as I go forward, uh, beyond expanding, I mean, expansion, you can work online at any time and we can get the work done. So it's not necessary that I have to have all clients, but because I wanted to go see them, it was just easier for me. But as I go forward, one of the things I'm considering is building some programs that allow me to teach what I know to people so that they can buy from me in ways that they don't have to work with me personally, or maybe even a program that allows me to sell some of that courseware online with some, you know, one-on-one time over the phone with me. I think then I can help a lot more people than I've been able to help today, because up till now, it's been, you know, services work and project work and retainer type work, so... That's my goal for, for next year. For 2019 is actually to get that started. I hope I get it finished, but I'd like to at least get it started. <laughs> you know, this particular uh, Toronto's podcast has a, a focus on the GTHA. You, what would you say the biggest benefits are for you about being an entrepreneur in this area? You know, why here versus Vancouver, say? I think the ecosystem is huge. You know, we're really lucky to have so many different organizations to tap into, whether it's Silicon Halton or other tech associations or just the events that are happening on any given day, whether you go look at meetup.com or Eventbrite. If there's anything you want to learn about or anything you want to participate in or anything you want to meet people on, you're going to find it within the GTHA. Uh, I also think that there's a lot happening on this West End that, you know, people in Toronto don't necessarily know about. I know when sometimes people have come out from Toronto to some of our events out here, they've been surprised at the level of, of knowledge and the quality of the people and the quality of the relationships that, you know, get formed. So I, I just think that that's the biggest reason. Now, not to say that Vancouver doesn't have that, but with Toronto being such an important part in the tech sense sector, and now, you know, being recognized internationally as the place for, you know, AI leadership and, and just as a technology center of excellence, I think we, we can't go wrong. We're very fortunate. I'm happy to be here. So a couple of different approaches. You know, we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in Toronto or the GTA uh, or close to the city where you like to recharge, to get inspired or just to think? So I like to think uh, locally by walking. Uh, I live very near a trail system here in Oakville. And I can go down the end of my street and walk down into the valley and I can walk and think there. But in terms of thinking about business, I get charged very much by, I always have to go back to, the people that within our Silicon Halton community inspire me every single day by what they do. I learn from every one of them all the time and I get charged by them because there's always new ideas coming out of those that crowd. And it's, you know, it's self-serving in a sense. They are my people. They are from my industry. And so I know that if I want to reach out, I can it's like having a large company but of you know individual members to tap into at any given time. I reach into that community always first to get inspiration and, you know, get really thinking about new ideas. In terms of where I work best, I work best at home. When I leave home and I go work at a co-working space or somewhere else like that, 
I mostly end up talking. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't work because at home I work with multiple screens and, you know, large, large monitors and stuff like that. When I get out, it's with my laptop and yeah. I just end up keeping it shut and I start talking to people. So, If you were to start all over again and you just moved here, what would you do? How would you do it? How would you start over again as an entrepreneur? Well, I think, I mean, the one thing I would probably do looking back is I probably would have scaled sooner for various reasons I didn't, but, you know, and they had to do with my family and the age they were at and all the different things that were happening. But I think I would probably scale sooner because I just think that would have been important. But if I was a newcomer right now, I go back to what we just talked about, why it's GTHA is such a great people or a great place to, to be. I would start getting connected in all these organizations and all these uh, communities and get out there and start talking about what I do best. And I think that those connections would help, you know, get it started. I know it's hard for newcomers sometimes because they feel that they don't have Canadian experience or whatever, but I see that changing a lot in the tech industry. I see that people that have the skills to, to really do good work are, are finding great opportunities and are starting to build client bases. So I'm not sure I'd do it a whole lot differently, but I'd probably scale sooner. And I think I would tell that to other entrepreneurs too. You okay. think you have to get to a certain point before you're ready to scale, but I don't know. I think it's, it's always okay. good to try. What does the first hour of your day look like? You know, when you get up in the morning, do you have a specific routine to get you motivated to start your day off? Yes. <laughs> I try not to look at my phone for the first you know, hour doesn't right. always work. It doesn't, it really doesn't. Yeah, but um, I start, yeah, I get up around six most days and I go down, make my coffee. My coffee is a very simple, uh, humble Nescafe and Tim Hortons hot chocolate, a spoon of each. So mixed up, sort of like a poor man's mochaccino. And uh, then I sit down and I start to read. I tend to try to read business things first before I go get caught up in news or Twitter or whatever. Mm -hmm. I try to focus on the things that I really am interested in business so that I can, again, think and charge my brain. But that's, that's pretty much my first hour most days. Mm -hmm. uh, then I get out and go for a walk if I can, uh, not all days, because some days the meetings start very early. And then I get to work. Then I read the emails and I do everything else. I don't start with my emails. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be kind of weird or unique? Uh, do you think they're wired differently? I think they are wired differently. But I think they always have to want to try new things. They always have to want to learn. They always have to want to do more than the clients asking for and i think they have to want it really they want to be i don't it's not alone but they want to be in charge of their own destiny and i really think that when you're working in a company it's all about being part of the team and when you want to be an entrepreneur it's all about leading what you want to do your your destiny now, that doesn't mean you don't have a team that you're bringing along with you, but I really think you want, you like the independence. You don't want to be, I guess, managed by someone. I think that's why, if when I talk to other entrepreneurs, that's what they all say. They just want to do their own thing. They're not, 
They're not interested in that. And many of us have worked in corporate life. So we know what it is. And we liked it at the time. I think we thrived in it, but then there comes a point where you want to do something different. So what books are you reading now? You know, and can you recommend any books, you know, for our listeners that may, they may find interesting as entrepreneurs, things that have inspired you? Well, so I listen to books more than I read. Audios, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I listen on Audible. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three on the go right now, and I'm sad to say that I'm, I'm not more than about two chapters in on any of them. <laughs> uh, from a business perspective, it's uh, Seth Godin's new book on marketing. Right. Very good. Um, and from a personal or just fiction, not fiction, but sort of nonfiction, I was listening to Becoming by Michelle Obama. I think the one that I listened to this year that was really, really eye-opening, I guess, was Fear, Trump in the White House. That one I listened to earlier in the year. And uh, boys, there's a lot that shook me to my core. <laughs> I think it's shaken a lot of us. <laughs> so that's yeah, well, you know, we, we hope that, you know, things will be calm and peaceful in the U.S. going forward, but we'll yeah. see. I'm sure they will be. It's a great country. So, uh, and all things happen for a reason. So, I want to talk about that. You know, that work-life balance. You know, how do you relax? Where's your sanctuary? You know, what activities do you do? You, you know, your favorite activities. Well, the walks down the valley to think. Mm-hmm. I, I like know the valley. That. It's a nice valley. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like golfing in the summer. Mm-hmm. I don't do enough of that. That would be my big, my big summer thing. Winter-wise, I started Pilates somewhere mid-fall. I enjoy that a lot. I should do more of that too. So where's my sanctuary? You know, as an entrepreneur, you'd say, oh, well, I go off and I do other things all the time. But I think as an entrepreneur, often your sanctuary is thinking about your business. And that's not necessarily a great thing, but I don't know too many entrepreneurs that say, hey, you know, I can just get away from it. Like when they're thinking about their business and cool ideas are coming, ways that they can help people, I think they're often very, very focused and they feel that's their their space. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? Well, you know, it's funny because I started my career in the hospitality industry. I worked for Sheraton Hotels for a long time and, yeah, okay. and I really enjoyed that. Um, I think if I wasn't doing this, I might go back to hospitality. Although it's a, it's a wonderful, it seems like a wonderful life, but it's a hard life because it's always mm-hmm. about the quantity of time you put in, not the quality of time. The minute you're not there, something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're always working when everyone else is playing. So you know, every holiday, every, every big event, like New Year's Eve, you'd be working. So I yeah. might do that, but maybe a travel company. You know, maybe something where I could take people on tours and then I could just go travel the planet. <laughs> what kind of job would you not like to do? I think something where it would be repetitive, fundamentally. I'm not, when I was working in corporate life, I was always good at taking on projects where there was chaos and I had to <laughs> lead it to get to, to a point of, you know, calmness. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't the best when I was told here's what you have to go do and I'm going to tell you how to do it and I'm going to measure you every day on it, that kind of thing. So I would Mm -hmm. say the kind of job that was fairly repetitive and maybe, I don't want to say easy, but repetitive and comfortable. 
I don't thrive in that kind of environment. In business, what's your favorite word or quote or your sentence you like to use? And what is your least favorite word or sentence you don't like to hear? A favorite, really a quote by Gandhi that is, be the change you want to see in the world. Anytime we talk about, you know, we can't do this or we can't do that in terms of change, I think we have to be that change at any given time. Mm-hmm. Least favorite, I guess, is probably we can't, meaning we can't because there's there's some crazy reason we can't. We can always try. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, I don't feel I hear that very often with my clients. I mean, once okay. in a while, sometimes there's a situation that, it's not so much the the main client, but somebody on their team says, well, we can't because they give you all these reasons. Yeah. You know that they have to change and they have to do things differently. They have to accept change. So it's not when you say you don't like to hear it. I don't like to hear it, but there's always ways around it. That's so what I try to work on with my clients. If you had to pick on two words to describe yourself, what would they be and why? First one I would say is works hard, and that's not one word, that's two words. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think I work, I'm, I'm driven by my business. I love doing what I do, and I love helping my clients in that way. Mm-hmm. And I work really hard at making sure they get more than they've asked for. Second one would be, I think I want to be known as being authentic. And by that, I mean, when I work with a client... Or, or anything in my business, I really want it to be about that what I do for them, I do in a way that like their business was my business. So I don't look at it as how much money can I make off of them. I work at it as what do they need to do to get done to, to grow their business? And what would I do if I was in their shoes? And that, I think you have to have a, le- a level of authenticity about you to be able to play that to be able to work that way because otherwise you're just saying how much money can I make and, and you know clients will always come back to you over and over when you take when you put yourself in their shoes as opposed to just as a as a you know service provider give, give me the top three things on what I, what I term your inspired life list those three things that inspire you my family I have uh, two boys, one's in university, one's in high school. They inspire me. I learn a lot from them. And my husband also, for sure. He is, he's also in the tech industry, so my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my work, my clients, I guess, my, my clients. I learn so much from them. And the, the manufacturing and distribution businesses are changing so much, and the tech industry. Every day when I talk to them and I learn from them, I'm fascinated by the amazing things that they're yeah. able to do. I can only and, agree with you on that one. <laughs> and, and then I would say, you know, I mean, it sounds, well, my friends, but there's my business friends and my personal friends. My business friends I know through, through work and through Silicon Halton. I'm always inspired by them. Uh, and my personal friends too. I have a really good group of friends that we have known each other since our university days at mm-hmm. Dalhousie University, and they inspire me greatly. I just ran into them this so not ran. We met again this past weekend, and mm-hmm. I learn a, a lot from them. And I'm sure. I'm happy to be a part of that group. 
So here's here's coming coming closing to the, to the end. I love this I love this question. There's a small tropical island just off Fiji that only has one phone booth and there's no internet. We drop you off there and you won't have a computer or smartphone or tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat and we'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do there while you were there? Mm. <laughs> Is it warm there? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tropical. So, it's tropical, you know. okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'd last a month. <laughs> what would I do for a month? Uh, well, I think first, you know, you just de de-stress or de just get rid of all the things that have been, you know, on your mind and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I would have no problem hanging out in the sun and the sand and the water. I don't take enough time for ourselves. I know that. I certainly don't. But if I had that opportunity, I think I'd take it for sure. Um, I could just relax and meditate and just think about nothing and probably sleep. I think that's the other thing we deprive ourselves too much of is sleep. Even though we think we're getting enough sleep, we often don't. People say you should get eight to 10 hours. And I think I get eight to 10 hours, maybe twice a year. So, you know, <laughs> those are the things I do. Have you any advice that you may have received, you know, that you'd like to pass on to entrepreneurs that listen to, the, to our podcast? Well, I think the most important thing is you have to do something you love doing. If you don't, you won't last with it. And you have to find clients that you love working with. One of the great things about being an entrepreneur is you get to choose your clients. If there's somebody you don't like working with, it's not hard to walk away. So choose what you love. Choose the kind of people you want to work with because if you like the people, they will inspire you. And number three goes back to my thing. Think about scaling sooner than you're comfortable scaling okay. because I think if you do that, your business will, you know, boom. And that's a great thing. And you'll look back going, hmm, so that was a good time. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything else you'd like to add before you leave us today? Well, you can get hold of me by going to uh, www.sitaran.com. That's S-I-T-A-R-A-N.com. Or you can email me at info at I'd also encourage you to look at the Silicon Halton websites to see if you're in the tech industry and you're in Halton region, if you have any interest. It's a great community. Anything else? No, I want to say thank you very much. I think being an entrepreneur is a great, great thing for everybody to try it at least once in their life. And it's not perfect for everyone, but if you are independent and you're hardworking and you love having great clients and love finding clients and love working for clients, then it's a great, it's a great experience. Thank you. Well, Rima, thank, thank you. And uh, I'd like to thank our audience. Thanks for listening to Toronto's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network. <laughs>